the wonderful world kids podcast today we are talking about some living things that drift in water we are talking about plankton so what are plankton are they responsible for our existence and important for our survival and what was the great oxidation event let's find out in today's episode Welcome to the Wonderful World Kids podcast. Today we are talking about plankton. Plankton are tiny living things that float and drift in water. They can be found in marine or freshwater bodies like in lakes, oceans or rivers. They can be as small as 2 micrometers, which is smaller than a human red blood cell, and even a million of them can fit in 1 teaspoon of water. But not all plankton are microscopic. Surprisingly, a very well-known sea animal actually falls under the category of plankton. And that animal is jellyfish. Jellyfish fall under the category of megaplankton. Megaplankton are plankton that are over 20 cm long, such as comb jellies, jellyfish and amphipods, which are tiny crustaceans that look like shrimp the word plankton comes from the greek word planktos which means drifter an organism is considered plankton if it is carried by tides and currents and cannot swim well enough to move against these forces but not all plankton are completely immobile some types of plankton can swim but only weakly or vertically in the water column That means these plankton can control whether they want to be near the surface of water or near the floor of the water body but they still drift horizontally as per the movement of the water There are two main types of plankton phytoplankton which are plants and zooplankton which are animals Let's begin with phytoplankton The word phyto means plant so phytoplankton means drifting plants Phytoplankton can be found in both salty and freshwater environments. Phytoplankton are extremely diverse, varying from photosynthesizing bacteria like cyanobacteria to plant-like diatoms and to armor-plated coccolithophores. Like land plants, phytoplankton have chlorophyll to capture sunlight, and they use photosynthesis to turn it into chemical energy. During this process, They consume carbon dioxide and release oxygen. Through photosynthesis, phytoplankton consume carbon dioxide on a scale equivalent to forests and other land plants. And more than 50% of the oxygen available in our atmosphere today is produced by phytoplankton. 21% of the Earth's atmosphere today consists of oxygen. We are so acclimatized to the presence of oxygen on our planet that we take it for granted. But did you know that oxygen was absent from the Earth's atmosphere for close to half of its lifespan? When Earth formed, 
4.6 billion years ago from a hot mix of gases and solids it had almost no atmosphere the surface was molten as the earth cooled an atmosphere formed mainly from gases spewed from volcanoes this early atmosphere contained gases like carbon dioxide methane and ammonia but no oxygen and then evolved a tiny single-celled phytoplankton called cyanobacteria which drastically changed earth's environment cyanobacteria started creating oxygen using the process of photosynthesis and ran rampant pumping out a huge amount of oxygen this event is now called the great oxidation event all this oxygen eventually allowed bigger and more complex organisms to develop in water and subsequently on land apart from cyanobacteria there are various other types of phytoplankton two of the most common types are coccolithophores and diatoms coccolithophores are single celled phytoplankton that produce small calcium carbonate scales these scales cover the cell surface in the form of a spherical coating called the coccosphere and diatoms are algae that live in houses made of glass they are the only organisms on the planet with cell walls composed of transparent silica apart from phytoplankton we also have zooplankton zooplankton are tiny animals that drift in water Most zooplankton are microscopic, but some can be big, like jellyfish. Many ocean animals begin their life as tiny larvae. These larvae are also considered zooplankton. Most zooplankton can swim, but they cannot swim against the water currents. Zooplankton can be subdivided into holoplankton and meroplankton. Holoplankton are animals that spend their entire lives in the planktonic form for example krill krill are shrimp like crustaceans found in all of the world's oceans krill make up the vast majority of a blue whale's diet a blue whale can eat up to 4 tons of krill each day in contrast to holoplankton which spend their entire lives as plankton meroplankton spend only a part of their life cycle Usually the larval or juvenile stage is plankton. Larvae of crabs, lobsters, starfish and octopus are some examples of meroplankton. Once these meroplankton turn into adults, they become free swimmers or what we call nekton. Nekton are the exact opposite of plankton. Nekton are aquatic organisms that can swim and move independently of water currents now if we look at the marine food chain phytoplankton form the base of this food chain phytoplankton are eaten by zooplankton and other small fish which in turn are eaten by other big animals like whales and walruses so in other words these tiny phytoplankton are responsible for the survival of the entire marine food web. Plankton also play a vital role at the end of the food web 
as decomposers in the form of bacteria, fungi and worms. They break down and consume dead plant and animal material that falls through the water column as marine snow. The term marine snow is used for all sorts of things in the ocean that start at the top or middle layers of water and slowly drift to the sea floor. This mostly includes waste such as animal poop, dead and decomposing animals and other organic items washed into the sea from land. Plankton are also responsible for a very, very important thing that literally runs our modern world. Be it cars or factories, we need energy to run them. And the world's biggest energy source is oil. And can you guess what most of that precious, precious oil is made from? It's plankton. Single-celled creatures like diatoms and dinoflagellates die and sink to the seafloor where they are crushed and transformed over millions of years into oil and natural gas. Surely dead trees also contribute some of the organic matter that gets fossilized, but plankton appeared on earth millions of years before the first land trees, making them the world's largest supplier of fossil fuels. And that is all from us today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like our podcast, please subscribe to us and recommend our podcast to your friends and family. And if you want to get in touch with us, then you can write to us at wonderfulworld.kids at gmail.com. In our next episode, we are talking about a large complex ecosystem dominated by trees. We refer to this ecosystem as the lungs of our planet. So what are we talking about in our next episode? Tune in next time to find out. This was episode number 24, where we spoke about plankton. Thank you for listening. See you next week. And until then, keep on wondering. wondering.